Hi, I'm Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with Regina Phelps, the founder of Emergency Management and Safety Solutions, and we're discussing her new book, Cyber Breach, What If Your Defenses Fail? Designing an Exercise to Map a Ready Strategy. Regina, thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome, Tom. It's my pleasure. Well, I'm excited about your new book, and I've received a copy to review, but I want to ask you up front, you're known as a business continuity expert. How did you get involved with cybersecurity? That's a great question, Tom. Uh, many of our clients are large global companies, and I will tell you that this is number one on their top concerns. In my practice, I spend a majority of my time working to develop their crisis management teams, both the senior team, the most uh, the C-suite, if you will, and then also the tactical teams that would be actually leading a recovery. Over and over again, this becomes number one in their concerns. And the thing that they're actually the most concerned about is not just the possible penetration and breach, but then what would they actually do? How would they actually manage the impact? So in my practice, I've designed exercises for over 30 years. And after I did my first cyber exercise, I was shocked at the response of the audience. Now, I don't know if you've been in an exercise before, but generally, once people have got in the exercise, they start to work through the problems, they get to get their arms around the issues, and they can actually start to manage it. They start to feel pretty good, even if the situation, frankly, is awful. But with a cyber event, it's almost impossible for them to feel good at the end of an exercise because they don't even know at the end of a five-hour exercise, even what's going on. As we all know, it would take weeks, possibly, for forensics to come back. And so they don't, they don't even understand how deeply penetrated they are. They don't even know what backup to go to. And so at the end of the exercise, they're sitting there realizing they have nothing in their business continuity plans that's going to support them for the next period of time. They don't know exactly how they're going to position this in the media and with their customers and clients. And they're basically sitting there almost dumbfounded. And when I had my first experience watching very skilled people go through this event, I thought, oh my gosh, this is so powerful. No one is talking about impact and how to resolve it. And that's really when we started to really push into this, not so much from a perspective of how to prevent cybersecurity issues, but this is really how to deal with impact when it has occurred. Regina, there are so many people in this space and there are professionals that have been working in cybersecurity for their entire careers. What new perspective do you believe you bring to the topic of breach response? I think what we really are focused on is impact. So we are not IT professionals. We're not cybersecurity people. But what we are are individuals who design highly technical and very sophisticated exercises. And what we're looking at is the management of an event. So what do you do, for example, in your company right now if you have no systems for days or weeks or, God forbid, months? And literally, when you open up any plan in a company, there is nothing that addresses that. They assume always that systems will be up in a reasonable amount of time. You can define reasonable depending on your company. And after one of our uh, exercises, my clients were so impacted by this, they actually launched a program entitled, What If This Was All You Had? And the promotional tools they used to actually launch this 
planning strategy was literally a pad of paper, and at the top it had printed on it, what if this was all you had? And a pen attached to that pad of paper that was inscribed with the words manual recovery tool. So think about that. So the perspective that we offer really is this. What if you lost your systems for a protracted period of time? How would you do your business? And then how would you manage the reputational damage? And our exercises really have exposed those two key things that most companies have not thought about at all. It strikes me that this message really resonates with organizations such as Sony that were shut down by DDoS or some of the healthcare entities we've seen, such as Hollywood Presbyterian, that have been victims of ransomware and have been shut down for extended periods of time. Exactly, exactly. And I think when we design an exercise, what we are looking at is that we're really looking at something that is a significant penetration. And if you look at um, uh, the FBI statistics on malware, it's it's a stat that says that within a uh, companies do not understand that they've been penetrated for at least nine months. So that malware has been present for a long period of time. What is it done? What information has it changed? Or files that might have scrambled, or or um, information that it might have actually drained out of your systems. So. We're talking about something that is a significant protracted issue, and the Sony example that you just mentioned is perfect because they had no systems for weeks. And how do you manage your business? Regina, in the past couple of years, you've seen a a school of thought develop that is breach is inevitable. So don't focus on prevention. You want to focus on response. Is that the camp that you're in now? I think prevention is absolutely critical, uh, and it's something that needs to be invested in, and I think people need to to uh, pursue it aggressively. Uh, and our number one issue, of course, is uh, uh, dealing with our employees and the things and teaching them about how to manage pro- uh, prevention-related issues, such as not clicking on emails that you don't recognize, et cetera. But simultaneously, I think a company has to deal with Impact, preparation for impact. Uh, and most companies just don't go there. Most of the companies that we have dealt with, the executives are still, I think on some level, just praying that the efforts that they're spending uh, on prevention will actually save them from ever having to go to a place of impact. But I think, as we all know, it is inevitable that people will be breached. The question is how bad, how long, and what, 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 what did they get or what did they find out. But I think we have to do simultaneous streams, prevention and then impact uh, and mitigation planning from that perspective. Now, you've touched on this to some extent, but what's been your experience with clients that you've worked with that have been breached? We have been very fortunate, knock on wood, that none of our clients have currently had a significant case of malware that we are aware of, or for that matter, that they're aware of. We have had clients who have had phishing scams, of course, as we all have, as well as short-lived denial of service. So fortunately, we have had people that have had short outages. They've been able to utilize some of the experiences they've had in an exercise, but they have not had to, knock on wood, go to the full length of what our exercises normally deliver. And I think that's the thing that we need to really focus on is what happens if this is a protracted impact? And currently, most of our clients now have not, to their knowledge, experienced them. Virginia, talk to me a little bit about your book, Cyber Breach. What if your defenses fail? What does this book offer in terms of meaningful exercises and strategy that the readers will benefit from? 
So what this book is is literally a step-by-step guide. It walks you through how to design one of three types of exercises, an advanced tabletop, a functional exercise, or a full scale. And when I mean step-by-step, it really does walk you through the entire design process. One of my clients recently read our book, uh, and we had just done an exercise for them. And they said to me, Regina, it was like you were whispering in my ear the entire time I was reading the book because it's exactly our process for designing an exercise. Designing a a cyber exercise is not easy, um, and it's fraught with lots of peril. Um, There are a lot of political um, issues that can pop up with this particular event. It has lots of complexity like I have never experienced in over 30 years of designing over 100 exercises a year, and you've got to get it right. Um, The executives in particular who are participating are going to have certain expectations. The uh, tactical teams are going to have certain expectations. You want to make sure that people are not blamed for this occurring. It is fraught with lots of peril. But I will tell you that it has the most amazing possibilities for a company, and that's what it has been so incredible for me to watch. In the exercises that we have done, to see people literally struggle, deeply, deeply struggle with major issues about how to continue business, how to manage the reputation of the company, what are the policies that should be in place for us to really manage the event once it begins to occur? That is so powerful, and you've got to get it right. Executives expect to be engaged and engaged well, and if you don't get the exercise designed properly, they're going to miss that opportunity. So it's really about nailing the process, nailing the strategy, making sure you thought clearly about what you want to get out of this, and you design this exercise to deliver that. It takes time and planning, but you really have to know where to go. And it's a much different design process than any other exercise we've ever done. Regina, let's give us a little bit of insight here. I understand you have got eight must-haves, must-dos in place to make such an exercise successful. What are those eight musts? The first one you want to talk with, uh, to start with, is senior management support. And by that I mean you really need to meet with your executives, find out, first of all, what their concerns are, and secondarily what you have to do is you must get them to support the exercise. What does that mean? They need to understand at the end of this exercise that there will be no solutions. There's going to be nothing in those business continuity plans that's going to save them. And for the most part, the crisis communications team has not gone to any length in developing plans, templates, and processes to manage this reputational impact. So you want to make sure that they know that right up front and so that they don't throw anybody under the bus, they don't blame anybody, and they understand at the end of this exercise people are going to feel lousy and they're going to wonder, like, what the heck am I spending all this money on? We don't have a plan. But we, but that's the great learning, and so they have to support that. So number one is senior management support. The second is uh, you have to have a willing technology and information security department. They need to participate heavily in the design of this process. They need to build out an IT narrative that's going to really expose a lot of these issues. And at the same time, they have to do that willingly. And by that, I mean there's a lot of concern they have, like people are going to blame us that this happened. Um, And I need to really make sure that I provide them all the appropriate cover so that they can really work with us to design all of the 
incredibly important failures that will occur. So you need to support them. You need to engage them. They need to play with you and help design the narrative in a, in a really um, open way. And so you need to provide them with the support that they know that they can do that and they will not experience a career-limiting move. Number three is you have to design the right kind of exercise. What does that mean? It has to be fully simulated. So that means it has to be an advanced tabletop, a functional, or a full-scale exercise. What are the components of those three exercises that make them similar? They all have a, a simulation team as part of the exercise. Because in this particular exercise, you need to deeply advance the learning. And the way you do that is you have to have simulators for our exercise players to engage with. Because if you're in a basic tabletop and you launch a series of uh, exercise injects or continuing problems, what happens is people say, well, gee, if that happened, I would do this, and they tell you what they would do. But no one pushes back. No one says, oh, that's not going to work. A simulator in your exercise, and many of our exercises have quite a few simulators, are able to push back and really engage the player in some really healthy dialogue. And it makes them think more deeply about their plans, and they actually have to really figure out solutions or discover that there aren't any. The fourth thing is that you have to have two design teams. When we design an exercise, we always design them with the use of a design team. But in this exercise, you need two. The first one you need is a technology design team who will lay down the narrative, the technology failures. So if you imagine you're having a a four-hour exercise, starts at 8 in the morning, it ends at noon. The technology team needs to literally kind of minute by minute or at least at least in every 15-minute increments talk about what will be happening to the systems and what the business impact is. So maybe you start with files being missing or information scrambled or applications that won't launch and on so on and so on and so on until literally you melt down the company, literally. Once that is lined out in these incremental times, Then you have to work with the business design team, which would be comprised of key lines of business, HR, uh, maybe legal, um, uh, crisis communications folks, the litany of folks that you need. And they literally then take those failures and then design the business-related injects, and injects are those things that move the story along, that actually then tell the business story so that you can really see how the company literally is impacted. Number five, you then have to really interweave the narrative and those injects because this is a dance between the narrative, technology failures, and the impacts to the business. And so you need to design all of the injects that paint the picture, tell the story. Because in an exercise, if you don't tell them, they don't know. And so it's important you really paint the story out completely. Number six, you have to make it public. You have to out the company. Now, of course, you really don't do this, but in our all of our cyber exercises, our perpetrator, whomever we decide that perpetrator might be, 
is going to publicly out the company. We do that often through a series of videos, very much like an anonymous style video. Uh, and what we have is that we would say that they would be released on Twitter. Of course, we're not really doing that. But in our story, we're, in our exercise, we'll have a series of videos, and the perpetrator will uh, launch it on Twitter. It'll get picked up by local media, and then we can advance the story. So we publicly out them, so they have to literally deal and manage with their reputation uh, from both their customers but also the media scrutiny. Number seven is that you have to have a really well-honed exercise after action report because you're going to learn so much out of this exercise that the after action report has to be skillfully written so that people can hear the information and then act upon it. So you really have to think through this exercise report. You have to think about who's going to see it, what's going to happen, but you don't want to write it in such a couched way that they can't figure out what they really learned. It has to be clear, direct, factual, but it has to be really well-crafted because many, many people are going to see this. And as part of that, after action report, you want to make sure you have really clear recommendations on what people need to do to literally move this along. And then at lastly, number eight, you have to have really careful exercise follow-up. So we've done exercises for over 30 years, and many times we come back the next year to do another exercise with that company, and we find that many things have not been followed up on. In this exercise, it's critical that there will be so many learnings that the companies need to clearly have an action plan about what they're going to do to actually move these initiatives forward, and they need to have some clear deliverables, who's responsible, and the um, dates of expectation of completion, and they need to really drive that. Regina, those are excellent points. Now, you've conducted these exercises in a number of organizations, and my final question for you is after having gone through these exercises, what gives you confidence that these organizations are going to be prepared when a breach does occur? The thing that I've seen that is, is for me, the most dramatic is incredibly deeper executive engagement. And I mean a deep understanding of the issues of a cyber breach. One of the things that I like to do after this exercise is I like to have the executives of a company meet with the chief technology designer who actually helped design the exercise failures from a technology perspective. And I like to have that technologist meet with these executives one-on-one, not with a group, but one-on-one. And I'll tell you, they embrace that. And one of the things that happens is when they sit down with a person who's actually designed the technology failures, and often myself with them, what will happen is they can more deeply understand what has happened, and they actually begin to really get what this means. So the results we have seen is the most incredible executive engagement I have ever seen ever in uh, over 30 years of practice. So that's the first thing. The second thing I've seen is I've seen uh, uh, most of our companies that we've done this with have launched initiatives about what you do without systems, which is even hard to fathom. How would you actually manage your business if you had no systems for a period of time? And that takes some deep diving into your business units in particular and how they might manage an incident. The third thing we've seen is really aggressive development of crisis communication templates, both in um, media statements, talking points, 140-character responses in Twitter, 
so that people have something they can pull out of a page immediately, maybe make some modifications, but they can launch things pretty quickly. The fourth thing I've seen, which is a clear development of policies about what the technology department and the CIO can do, because one of the things that comes up very quickly in many of these exercises is who has the authority to actually cut the Internet, who has the authority to isolate applications, and who has the authority to actually cut the core network. Those I have not found in any of our clients a documented policy about who has those authorities. There are a lot of assumptions made, but there's no clear documentation. And when an exercise occurs, those issues come up rapidly, and the question is who has the authority, because any of those possibilities I just mentioned has significant major business impact. And so who has those authorities? So we've seen deeper executive commitment. We've seen more deep and and thoughtful business continuity planning without systems. We've seen uh, crisis communications templates being designed that are functional and can be highly effective after a breach. And lastly, we've seen these clear policies being developed about what responsibilities technology has and who ultimately has the authority to do significant changes to the technology environment, which has a huge impact to the business. Regina, always a pleasure to speak with you. I appreciate your time and your insight today. Great. Thanks so much. It's been a a real delight. Thank you. The topic has been the new book, Cyber Breach, What If Your Defenses Fail? Designing an Exercise to Map a Ready Strategy. I've been speaking with the author, Regina Phelps, founder of Emergency Management and Safety Solutions. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.